Welcome to LOI Central. Just millimeters past the touchline and coming into your living room, it's Dan and Johnny. Andrew, welcome along to LOI Central. It's episode 20 of the 2021 season. And unbelievably, we're actually in person today. Dan and I are recording it from his kitchen with Stephen O'Donnell, the St. Patrick's Athletic Manager, uh, ahead of the game against Shamrock Rovers on Friday. We're in association with FutureTicketing.ie, signed up another club from the Irish League during the week, and uh, later on we'll be giving away a pizza with Four Star Pizza after yet another controversial Galway United fan winning it last week. Scandal. Scandal. And uh, we're going to talk about Bowes against uh, Doodleange, a game both of us are going to, I think. Are we done? We are. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, But we'll also be talking a lot about St. Patrick's Athletic season and what went on in the Cup. And uh, obviously Dundalk's battle in Europe as well. Dan, what's the crack? Yeah, it's just I'm very good to have you have you as a as a guest here in the house. I have two guests here in the house. It's a different like it is actually a bit different. I'm so used to like Zoom connections, Feels weird, and, and phone calls, and actually to be communicating in the presence of other people. It's a sort of a it's a rare treat. Yeah, you know, so it's all good. We recorded a we recorded a, a racing podcast yesterday, and there was about a five second delay in one of the people answering on the Zoom. So it's uh, it's great to actually be in person and see what's the crack. Yeah, good, not much really. Enjoying training away. Two young good parents day. here in front of me. Two young parents, yeah, jeepers. Tough work, tough work. You had you welcomed Bobby into the world there a few months ago as yeah, well. Yeah, three month old and a year and a half, 18, 19 month old. So, yeah. three month old is fine, eight, 19 month old is tough work. That was the, the day of a long, the day of the Longford game you had your. Yeah, two days. You day. kept it under the radar to be fair, but like typical, it was. Typical Pats under O'Donnell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We The day of the Longford game and uh, Chloe came the day we played Shamrock Rovers at Tala mm. around 19, 20 months ago. So they do, they behave themselves. They come early enough in the morning, on the Friday mornings and that to allow me go and watch the, go to the, Managing what would you have done game. if it was a seven o'clock in the evening job? Was this would you be like the uh, this, the the Roy Keane sort of hardcore? Yeah, well, I would have thrown it to the floor to Michelle to see <laughs> just judge her reaction, and then we'll take it from there. But if I had my way, I probably would have been at Richmond and Tala. But just on that, on the I know <laughs> we're talking very, very honestly, honestly already, like because he's in person, you wouldn't say that on a Zoom call. But I actually just thinking, um, Stevie, like, and we'll we'll move on to the proper business, but. I assume like over the winter, I think I've heard you speak about it with like maybe Alfie Lewis and a couple. You were probably trying to sign players over Zoom, right? Yeah, you were yeah. doing your business over Zoom, which as you know, it's very different being in a room with mm. someone and getting a feel for them than it is on these bloody Zoom call hellholes that we've all been through for, yeah. for, for the last 18 months. Is it different like actually just to, to get a feel for someone in that sort of It is, way? but I think a Zoom is a lot better than say just over the phone even. It's you can yeah you, you know, it's the next best thing you can see look like not look into their eyes but you can have interaction and see see who you're talking to. So uh, we had a few of them meetings yeah with players and uh, agents and maybe parent clubs and that, you know, um Zoom. So they went well and um but there's nothing like sort of you know, you'd like even from maybe a point of showing how much you want the player, you 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 would like to maybe fly over and mm. uh, meet the player and that just as a sign of, you know, we, we really want you to come to the football club and that. So um, you can't be sitting across the table from someone and getting a proper look into the eyes. And, you know, there are times where you might come away from meeting a player and you'd think, I'm not so sure now after meeting in regards motive motives or, you know, Probably maybe how long you spend talking money or, you mm. know, rather than actual football. So different things like that. It does make a big difference if you if you can get across the table with them. Yeah. How have you enjoyed the 
I don't know if it's enjoyed the right word, but like you do have fans back at your games now. Like it, it's been steadily lifting. I've been at a couple of the Friday nights in Richmond and it, it feels a lot more real. I don't know. I mean, yeah. listen, I'm sure I assume you're in your football zone anyway, and it's not as if you weren't doing well behind closed doors, but it, does it make it feel a little bit it more? It does. Like I was management? more, to be honest, I was more obviously you'd be disappointed for the supporters and even for an atmosphere, but supporters getting into such a big part of their life, maybe taking away every second week, going down, following their their beloved team or that. But I was more probably a game of football is a game of football, you know, when the whistle blows and that. But especially when we went down to 10 men early enough against Derry, I felt... They're talking, they could tell yeah, the difference. like Yeah, and like the players, dev, we spoke about it after. Definitely, you know, when you're winning tackles and you're getting a big cheer or... you someone does a good clearance and you really have to dig in, they definitely got a little bounce off that, the players, and it made them go that, you know, extra 5 or 10% that, they would have been going to their max, if there was no crowds there, but sometimes, you you, you know, you, you you dip into your reserves, when there's a crowd there, and, yeah, um, you probably reach a ceiling, you don't know would be there, without the adrenaline, and if the mm. crowd wasn't there, and it definitely helped us, you know, even, I think young James Bank were coming on, his first couple of little bits, he got a got a couple of passes away. Crowd gave him a clap, and then all of a sudden he settled into. He said, "This, you know, first team football is great. You know, it's a great environment." And you know, the three boys that came on making their debuts on Friday, that experience would have been totally different if there was nobody there. Then when they yeah. came on on Friday, just from their own confidence point of view in the arena and just the nice the reception they got off the fans and that that. You know, that's that's why you play, really. It's interesting, because I actually was writing a bit about this last week, because at the Dundalk game on Thursday, like Wilfred Zahiba was getting pelters from the crowd, and it was I really... I felt very uneasy about no, that. No, like, yeah, but, I mean, listen, there's, there's two sides to that. Mm. And, and It's not like, nice to see. Yeah, it's not nice to see, but I, I also understand that fans haven't been in stadiums for a long mm. time, and sometimes a player becomes a... You know, escape But listen, I'm not. I'm not really there to talk about that. But I actually was just looking at it in the aftermath. If you think of 18, 19 year old players now, even like you know someone like Gavin Bazunu, even Jason Knight, we were talking about about off air getting poleaxed in training. I don't know if Stevie, you've been joining in training around and putting tackles <laughs> the in. The odd time, yeah. <laughs> you won't be doing. It, you know, I can't. No, I can't. I, I, I can't get there. I'm not quick <laughs> enough to get there. But but when you think about it, lads have have actually spent. They have more experience in their career playing closed doors football and than not. they have even yeah. even the likes of say Dara Burns and Dawson Ben McCormick like they've got great reputations and deservedly so but there's actually something new for them yeah. now playing in front of crowds and now. It's, so uh, it's two it's sides a, to it you know? it's a massive um, it can have a massive impact on performance too don't underestimate it uh, there's some people that whether it's unbeknownst to themselves or they might know some players they actually probably preferred maybe playing behind closed doors mm. um, in regards to pressure situations. You said that last That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. I've heard That's some huge, players yeah. have, said, have said that. Huge. Yeah. But then there's other players that need crowds, they need the adrenaline, they need to be getting a bit of stick maybe off, like if they're playing away from home, off home fans, or they need um, just to be part of, you know, they need to get a, a pass clapped or whatever to get them into a game to get their confidence high. So there's, like in Anton, there's, t- there's different types of players. Um, We've all played with players or come across players that Monday to Thursday or, or if you're in England or whatever, um, Monday to Friday, that they're excellent in training but they can't seem to reproduce it maybe on, on a Saturday or on a Friday and that, one of the biggest reasons for that is solely down to, to pressure and crowds. They're, they're dreading it. They're actually yeah, dreading the response. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've all been there. If you give a pass away or a couple of passes and it's a full house and you're playing at home and there's big groans from the stand, 
you know, straight away the sort of vulnerable boys or that, you know, the seeds of doubt can be planted in their head and it can zap their confidence. And as I said, other lads just rise to it. The bigger the bigger the occasion, the bigger crowd, the more pressure. Mm. That's where they, they feel most alive and most at home. So it's it's interesting because without a shadow of a doubt, um people mightn't think it as as much bearing as it does, but it has a big bearing on on football matches. Yeah. Crowds. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Friday's game because obviously it's such a big game but I'm just wondering and I, I appreciate you're not going to be mad on, on commenting too much on like rival clubs and clubs you're up against but you're generally involved with European football around this time of the year you have been for a good chunk of your time in the league like what have you made of it I don't know have you had have you been watching every game in Europe or watching yeah, as watching much as you can? Yeah, watching as many as I can, yeah. What's your, what's your been your take on it so far this year? Cause well, I was at Tala last week. I was at Tala for... Sloven Bratislava. Yeah, for Bratislava. Shamrock Rovers. saw Shamrock Rovers were very good. Um, mm. When they went back to to 2-0 and obviously level on aggregate, you know, I thought there was only one team going to kick on and win. Um, just done by a little bit of a sucker punch, but, sucker punch, but on the whole, they were by far the better team. And then I was at... Uh, in Tal again, I was at Dundalk um, against Talent, so obviously our next two games are Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk, so um, thought that was a really entertaining game, very good attacking football from both teams, so that'll be another entertaining second leg, I think both teams look like they can hurt each other, and it was a good game of football actually, um, obviously Bowles are having a great run, great win away from home um, last week, so they have um, Doodle Lodge at home in the Aviva, I just think it's just great the way you know, there seems to be a massive interest and in whatever availability of tickets are, are bought straight away. But I'd be one of those for the good of the league. Um, I'd be hoping all the te- Irish teams um, do as well as they can in Europe, you know, just... Even though, in theory, it's not necessarily going to help you. No, but there has to come a point where the industry you're actually in... Rising tide and all that. Yeah, has to become respected and... Ultimately, the best way to do that is by teams doing well in Europe. Mm. And we all want to be part. You can be small-minded and hope the teams get dumped out as early as possible. But on, on, in the bigger picture, you want whatever you're doing, whatever professional your environment you're in, to be respected and to be highly thought of. And the only way that is our league is going to be is by the clubs that are in Europe getting good results in Europe. And then you build from there. So yeah that's where i am with it like i mean there's eight thousand people are going to be at the aviva on, on thursday night like sold out within 90 minutes um and i know i remember like stephen kenny always saying when he was your manager like he would have this team needs a, a stage to to show them and you did get that opportunity in, in 2016 against legia but um and obviously there was subsequent um the, the, the 2020 team got to go back to the aviva mm-hmm. but it was slightly different circumstances in that case um like, would you relish that? Like, do you like the idea of the Aviva being a place to, to, to be used for European games? Or if Pats are in Europe next year, which is touch wood from your perspective, like, do you still want to be taking them to your place? Or can you see the attraction of sort of... I can see everything. Road? I suppose well, clubs weigh it all, all up on the whole. Well, what did they need? Like, they needed 16,000 16, to break even back well, in the day. That was the 20... Yeah, see, yeah. I think, that was listen, there's, there's COVID times and there's yeah. normal times, and it's not as if this is going to be an option every year. Yeah. But there's a, there's there's an argument, like, could you make the European Games big events? Because yeah. I know people who are going to the game on Thursday who aren't necessarily regular League of Ireland goers, but there's something more prestigious about going to a European game mm-hmm. than there is to a league game. And part of me wonders, should we be trying to tap into that every year but clearly I know a, a, you know a hardened manager would say 
you weigh it all up uh, as a club but I still think ultimately on the, the biggest thing is on the pitch and what gives you the best chance you know um, that has to be the bottom line but obviously you have to bring every other factor in, into it as well and see what makes the most sense and um, what the, basically the overriding factor is from it when you when you weigh it all up you know with obviously the board and you know the the directors etc and also the playing side of it so um you know but it is it's a great place to to for the players like what an experience for for the both players to go and play at the Aviva this they'll actually go there now this week thinking like quite comfortable in the surroundings after after um the previous round so you know it's great for them to go and play there and as I said, uh, the atmosphere, even though it was only 6,000, I think, was it the first? Yeah, side? it felt like seemed, a lot more. Yeah, it seemed yeah. to be a very good atmosphere. So, you know, it's a great experience for everyone. Supporters going watching their team play in the National Stadium and um, the players obviously getting to play in the National Stadium on such a good surface. Did you get more used to it? Didn't we, like your Dundalk team was in the cup final. Like the first time you go to the Aviva, I assume there's an element of, oh, you know, it's the Aviva. Did it, did it become more familiar with it? Ah, the time? Doubt, and does yeah. that take away the whatever factor now the Bose lads weren't inhibited by it the first day like Dawson Devoy and these lads but it, you do get more used to it you yeah stop looking at the surroundings yeah, then, yeah 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 um yeah you would without a doubt you'd get used to the, the um as you said the surroundings first day maybe turning up like you know we're going playing on this and then after that it becomes par for the course and we we we, we got used to it without without a doubt uh, even the dimensions um of the pitch and that it is it is a very big pitch um, it's a very very big pitch some people say the dimensions aren't overly different to other pitches in the league but I don't know is it the arena or whatever it does seem bigger mm. when you're when you're on the pitch but again look you just want to play I suppose League of Ireland players they want to feel like proper footballers, proper footballers. Mm. so probably one of the few times you do feel like a proper proper footballer is when you're playing in I don't know what the Aviva holds um, you know, fifty, sixty thousand yeah. or whatever. Um, you're playing an arena like that on a surface like that in Europe, um, you do that's where you go, yeah. Like, you know, I can consider myself sort of a, a proper player. It's weird like you get more respect like the respect even the Bow's got for beating Sharnan and the Aviva. Whereas it if was, they, it wasn't like Sharnan were great. No, if they'd, be, like they if they'd beaten them in Daily Man it's all about the presentation it's the in some optics. ways, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, yeah. like if someone watching the game or going to the game, you're in a big stadium, your lovely surface, it's the optics, like someone turns it on the telly, you flick it on and you see it straight away the game's better mm. in the person's eye who's watching it because the surroundings are better, the surface better, so that obviously will lend itself to a better match anyway. And you know, it's it's all about optics. You know, you could Played Dublin Mayo or Ireland final or whatever in um, Parnell Park, would it look like the same occasion? Would Absolutely. it look the same? It wouldn't. You know? say the so Dawson Devoy has like shot to prominence because of that performance to an extent, and obviously he followed that up in Luxembourg. How would it benefit your young players? It's not happening this year, but say if they're if they're around next year, the likes of Burns, McCormack, all the young lads, even Alfie Lewis. How would it? How would it benefit them to be playing at that stage? Oh, be great. To it, like? Yeah, it'd be great for them. Like we always do talk about, like there's levels to everything. Every walk of life, the boy. If any players listen to me now, our lads probably be laughing because yeah. I do drum at home. You can never get comfortable. Like so, if you think you're one of the best young players in the league, you're still a long way to go to be one of the best young players. Mm. You know, outwardly, it's a global global game, <laughs> be a pedri, yeah. Or if you think you're one of the best players in the league, 
you still have a long way to go and you will always meet your match and you will always find a level if you are playing in Europe or that against a seasoned international or that mm. you go oh that's what a proper player you know mm. so you're always striving to uh, improve and get to a level you know there's no better feeling when you do get to a level and you can play in them European games and you actually you're not at the pin of your collar playing in them you're actually quite comfortable playing in them you know that you take a sense of well I'm not I not speak I'm not saying myself personally but I'm saying the mindset of a player you know when you can play on that stage and you're quite comfortable it, it is it is a good feeling you know because you're playing up against um proper players and um you know it's the level I try and dr- drill home to all our lads there's 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 always ceilings like it's the most popular game sport in the world you know it's the biggest sport in the world don't be just satisfied with being domestically mm. a decent player like go and try and be the best you can be and ultimately how you find that out is when you do play against good teams and good players in Europe can you hold your own you know say if Pats are in Europe next season what do you make of the conference league yeah I'm not like honestly I'm not you haven't talked much no, about it no I haven't I haven't and that's been truthful if we were in the Euro conference league this season but then we'll have ramifications for your budget like we say if you're getting your 300 grand oh huge yeah it's good for Irish clubs yeah you know without a doubt uh, from a financial standpoint, um, that's the way I'd be looking at it. It gives proper, realistic Irish clubs realistic chances of of winning rounds and and making making some financial gains. So, um, I think it's somewhere to build on rather than Irish clubs going out in the first round or you know every year of the Europa qualifying. You know, it breeds sort of confidence. It breeds. Um, a mindset within Irish players and Irish teams, even if it is a third like a conference league, that you're winning games in Europe, and then you can, you can build on that. Mm. So Dundalk were fairly left field in their procurement of players this year, and I think like I was the other night they must have had seven or eight nationalities on the pitch and two others in the bench. I think so. It could have been must have been the most like um, nationalities ever that represent the league weren't in Europe. But your procurement of players this season was a bit left field as well. You're talking about how you signed Alfie Lewis, who's been I think your player of the month for two months in a row now. V. Jaros obviously on loan from Liverpool. Um, so how have you been? Have you been happy with your recruitment in terms of the off season? Because like a, a manager in some respects is as good as the players that he signs. Like. Yeah, that's all a manager is. Um, well, he's more that, but like, well, he's not really. He's not. You, you have to get the right players. You do, but yeah. your players dictate, and that's yeah. why. I'd never ever like if we're successful or that like it ain't you wouldn't be Brian Clough no well the staff are just that's what we say to the players we just give the players a platform to go and perform but ultimately they have to live their life right they have to train right they have to go to the gym they have to cross the white line be brave get on the ball work their tails off so that's why players like it's all the credit if we do anything it's all the credits to the players you know managers taking credit and that I don't agree with the players have to do the the hard work the managers just put them maybe or the staff just put them in a position to go and you know um show what they're capable of but they still you still have to be massively brave and and work work your nuts off and dedicate your life to football to be successful so you know that that's where I would be on the, it's all about players it's all about players so um why did you sign these lads then like you you, you I mean Alfie Lewis like you did you even see him in the flesh no, I didn't. Didn't um, I was trolling through ice scouting that mm. and, and came across them, um, and then one thing led to another. Um, so that's like we were saying earlier, we, we couldn't because of the times you couldn't fly over and watch mm. under twenty three games. Right, you just had to watch them on ice scout. Um, 
just looked a good player and it turned out to be a good player and he's enjoying himself. First time away from home and uh, from South End. So would have only probably travelled to West Ham, London, London yeah. and back to South End he would have. And uh, Ireland wouldn't have been on his radar at all, would would have known nothing about the League of Ireland. He's come over, I think he's been pleasantly surprised with the level and the intensity. Training and matches, really enjoyed himself and now he's here till the end of the season. I think he's He's really enjoying himself living with Paddy Barrett. I was so. going to say living with Paddy Barrett. <laughs> is, uh, There's a crash course. No, but Irish they actually uh, they have a proper, but they get on great. Paddy's, um, Paddy's an absolute legend. Without a doubt, Alfie was ringing home the first week saying I haven't a clue what he's saying. <laughs> uh, but they get on great, and I'd say that had a big enough part too with to play with Alfie, uh, deciding to stay and coming back. Just how well. Actually, who, 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 who picks that? Like, do you pick who lives with each other? Do you think, oh, he'd suit him? No, it's or, just yeah, or it's, it's random. Yeah, well, it's over a process of a little basically who who who's free and what houses right, you right. know our room is free and that type of stuff. So, but they've got on great. They're thick as thieves, and uh, I can see them having the crack. So that's it's nice to see as well. Um, what about Waterford Vite, man and yeah. uh, Vite, um, Vite just we obviously a keeper was a position we were after and. Um, Keepers, especially good young keepers, because it's only it's a an individual position. You're basically either playing or not. you're not, um, and you can't come on for twenty minutes to show what you can do, like you could, like an outfield player. Keepers are just looking to get their get their head somewhere, like you know, get on the ladder of playing first team games. And um, if he was put put to me, and then we watched obviously videos and that and. We're impressed and Vite was eager to get on the ladder, which I thought was a great sign. A Czech Republic boy at Liverpool, like Alfie, except even more, I'd say, um, League of Ireland wasn't on his radar. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't 16 signing for Liverpool, saying, yeah, in three years' time, we'll go yeah, to the League of Ireland, you know. Um, but he was desperate to come over, play games in a top division. And um, like that, he's loving it. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a massive seal. Um you know, uh, in regards, he's only turned 20 on Friday the day of the break game. Um, so, just even from a physical and a mental standpoint, he's um, very, very mature. I was, I was, I think I mentioned on the pod a couple of weeks back, I was at your game against Derry, and between yourself and Derry, I think it was like seven teenagers on the pitch across the game with the other, you know, the other young lads that were there. Um, it's it's a real striking thing. I, I don't know, I'm trying to think when you came and played for Bo, say... In 2007, was 2008, league. it was a really older league. Yeah. Like, I mean, you would have been, you know, a, a, a young player at the time. Yeah. You're probably what 21 at that stage. Or 20, 22. Yeah. So, like, is it is it a completely different environment around the league now? Or yeah, it? it's a lot younger. But it, it obviously implies as well that the young players are of a particularly good standard because they're not playing for the sake of it. They're playing because they're actually good enough. Like, no, none of our lads. No, are not playing it as a. A deflection tactic or that, and they're throwing them in so it looks, you know, taking easing the pressure off you if you say, Oh, I'm playing young, like they're, on, they're playing on merit and on merit alone. And yeah, if they weren't good enough, they wouldn't be playing. Um, so they are doing it like it, it, it's a great breeding ground for young players. And as I said, we have lads that come over from 23s and they're probably a little bit wrapped in cotton wool playing with 23s, and then it's a it's a big um. You know, it's a surprise for them in regards playing men's football, playing for points and that. And now we have young boys coming through and they're being opened up to that at a young age. You know, Dara and Ben, both 18 and playing a lot of first team games and in around it every week. So 
you know it's a huge it's huge for their experience and that it'll bring them on massively um and you can even see them improving and training and getting physically stronger and knowing how to use their body more from getting used to coming up against more experienced boys but with the obviously the brexit now and that i think it's well, there's a big opportunity now for mm. for the League of Ireland to you know have a proper pathway and, and for all young players to identify the League of Ireland as their their best way of getting on in the game. So so what we're saying is then it's, it's sort of mad to think yeah if if time was different if you were coming along now and you were sixteen now you'd have been looking to do you know you would have been with, with Galway United or yeah, well, Rovers or going, you and Stephen Bradley wouldn't have no. wouldn't have been going away and exactly. counting each other well, ultimately I was in Galway I left to go at 15 if I had stayed in my body shape well I probably didn't know my body shape at the time but I would, would have been training twice a week Tuesday and Thursday and then doing your school doing your leaving cert I would have wet my bottom dollar that Arsenal wouldn't be signing me at 18 or 17 mm. when my leaving cert was over where there's actually now, obviously we can always get better, but it's a professional setup uh, in regards to the underage. Well, but there are only what did you say? How many people? Are well, there's only the six, academies? only six full time staff in the academy yeah. across the country. That's that's been talked about this week. Well, I say I talk yeah. about the same Pat's the contact hours the kids are getting now compared to what we were getting if we had stayed is a lot, lot different. And then you have the pathway of obviously the good ones. You know, will be will be. Um, eased into the first team environment and maybe get to train with with the first team you know whenever yeah. fits around school and that and that type of thing so you know there is there is we obviously we've loads to improve on in regard compared to proper what you call proper industries like the top the top european countries in that regard the youth setup but it's improving and and we're bringing through we're bringing through good players good young players and um only talking about it with Padge there today you know, like there's some young players there, and in anybody's book in any country, they're they're good young players. Like really, good mm. players, yeah. yeah. That's Pat Craig you were talking about. Yeah, that's Pat for granted. Yeah. What about management for you? How has it turned out compared to maybe how you envisaged it would go? I don't know. People say it's the most stressful job. People say it. You know, it, it, it it's this or that. It ages you. What's the bad thing is you've had two kids. Well, I don't look that old. I still have a good no. head of hair and that. You, you, you've had two kids around the time. Yeah, around exactly the time you're going to double stress. Could have planned it better. No, <laughs> no, no, about that. But um, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. Um, look, it's such a it's a roller coaster. Um, obviously, channel with Rory Higgins and you know a few lads teaming that that you you know that are in the same kind of like your whole week is totally dictated by the previous result and your mm. weekend and Tim didn't have a great weekend then no but that's yeah. like he's had he's had lots of good ones Tim yeah. um, like us all like we you know but it's just a roller coaster you gotta roll with it and then over time I think you probably get a bit more exper- experienced and you'd probably don't be as up and down it's, it's important to be sort of level which I think I've got a lot better at now uh, this year in regards you know games a game it's one game it's not a body of work but it is without a doubt you have a lot of things um on your plate putting together and um but it, it's much more satisfying than playing then when when is it yeah well in my, in my in my my experience in that in regards just everything all the work you put put in with your staff with the staff and um and then even just seeing lads improving and you know um and a team going out and performing and even if they don't win but 
doing everything we've asked them uh, it's very satisfying whereas it's fair it, even though you're in a team it is very individualized um when you're playing because your sole sort of focus is on your performance yeah um and but then, do you take it but that is that the two sides to that though because probably in a team you mightn't take the defeat home with you in the way that you do if you're a manager if you know what I mean like no I think as an you do but as a in a as a player more so than anything I think you take your performance home with you mm. right in that regard I'd say you can play well your team will get beat but you still have a little bit of solace in you know my individual I performance okay or yeah. yeah whereas that's out the window as a as a manager, manager. Yeah. so there's two flips you mightn't play well but your team wins as a player and you're happy enough with you're delighted with that as well obviously yeah. I can play better but we've won the game whereas manager you get beat it doesn't matter really you know it does internally with us that you've played well so if you play like that more often than not you'll win but ultimately you've got beat and you take like you take yeah, that a, yeah. lot, a lot worse you know yeah I understand I mean, like Glenn McCauley's buzzing after scoring a hat trick last week, and if they're losing on penalties or not, you know. But um, yeah, you know, you'd like, like you'd well, the, the Alkmaar game comes to mind because that was one of your best performances. But you weren't actually on the pitch when you equalised. Yeah, you were probably in the dressing room with that. That stage. was different. I was, but um, even though I was playing well enough, like that had a big sour taste, and the, the yeah, because yeah. it was so stupid for me. So. Yeah. I wouldn't have taken Yeah, and some, some idiot texted you after, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a good was that, night. Was that you, Johnny, was it? Yeah. But, um, Johnny, Johnny thought it would be a good idea to send you a text. Yeah. What was the content of it? Either yeah. way, it wasn't very... It was absolutely right. Like It was a needless challenge. <laughs> but uh, what a night that was. I was actually on the Kieran Kildoff because the lad he muscled out of the way was playing yeah, for... for Holland. I, I, so yeah, I, course, I, yeah. I texted him and he, so he said something like, it's funny the way it works out. Like I retired and he ended up going to the Euros. Like, what? Well, of course, in the Euros, he let, it, he let a couple of lads run off and defend himself pieces too. So Kildoff, he got lucky with that one. He used to support marker very course. We laughed, I was going uh, to say, the other thing though, like... I suppose as a player, you are you are you in your own zone, and you can go home and you can think about whatever. But just give me an average week here. How many phone calls do you have? Yeah, well, as a player, this like you play on a Friday, you do a warm down on the Saturday, then you switch off till just all you have to do is actually just turn up on a Monday and mm. be fit, present yourself. Yeah, do your bit. Yeah. Whereas, um, as a manager, you're going over the game. You video clips you bring in to present maybe the next week then you're preparing video clips and that for next week's op- uh, opposition obviously you're you're linking in with physio medical staff all the coaches are in regards numbers for training um, if a player is coming back how we're going to feed him back into the group sessions what sessions are we going to do with a view to who we're playing against on Friday yeah. Um, all that type of thing. So the sessions every week will change in relation to who we're playing on the Friday or on, on the Saturday, whatever it is. So you're overall, it's constant, it's constant. Um, Michelle will tell you that. Yeah, I'd imagine. But I mean, I'm just trying to think of the two kids into the mix, and it's a yeah, it's a, it's a it's a cocktail. Did you do you when you got the job initially or or now? Is there anyone you would go to for advice? I mean, I'm trying to think. Did you? Did you speak to Stephen Kenny yeah, at all? Yeah, spoke to Stephen, yeah. And what sort of, Stephen. I mean, without giving too much away, what type of advice might he have given you? Or did, was anyone else you spoke to as well too? Uh, no, Stephen from a, probably the football side of it. Um, and then you speak to 
your family and that and see what they reckon. Um, so what did Stephen? What 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 did you get out of Stephen? I suppose. Oh, good, uh, like good advice. But Stephen is a. He's a. He dare on the side of he won't dare on the side of caution. He'd like mm. go for it, you know, um, back yourself, um, and go for it. That was that was his advice because obviously he I think he what was the age was he along for twenty seven twenty six twenty six yeah which when you think about it like is mm. outrageous mm. twenty six you imagine men and uh, a League of Ireland team so that was his advice and um, and look I kind of had in my head. Like it's not as if you've been offered, uh, bottom of the room. Like you've been offered one a great position at one of the biggest clubs in in Ireland. Um, you have to appreciate that. And were you surprised when Pat's came to you? Um, I never sat back and was surprised. No, I was just was excited more than anything. Mm. And um, and then the hard work kind of starts, and then you see where you are, and uh. Because last season people would have said, oh, Pat's for the Midland season, like, and you're not immediately this success as a manager. They're like, well, I'm yeah, not, not sure about that lad or whatever. There's no doubt about that. But like last year was 18 games. Mm. And I did say at the end of last year, we, we were playing well the last six or seven games of that league without probably getting all the results I felt we should have. Um, but I thought the performances were, were coming on all the time. Um, obviously, four games in, you have the complete stoppage. Um and that's not making excuses. Like ultimately, if we had the same year this year as we did last year, if we do, like you we're know, at that stage of the season, now, roughly eighteen games. Like. Yeah. So, um, we we all knew that our performances, um, our results rather should, you know, would have to improve a bit. And um, but you still can't rip it up and and say well, everything we're doing is wrong. We we were confident. We were on the right path, and we were confident on um, you know of of what we were doing and we're trying to imply and apply to the players so we just kept on that path and these things take time it wasn't going to be a, ultimately like St. Pat's previous six seven years weren't featured mm. in in the season uh, honours or, or mm. in league tables so that was the aim to try and be up around the upper echelon of the of the league table but you know it's not a quick fix there's been a big turnover in players Um comparable to the other squads that have aspirations of doing something you know we, we have a very small squad and and a young squad and but it's it's helpful in a way though isn't it because like there's no point having 22 like lads in their mid-20s or whatever if you're not bringing young players through and no you exactly one. but you need you do need luck as well then mm. with regards to injuries, injuries whatever, and yeah. you know big players uh, staying fit for you so the last month or six weeks we've had injuries and that and we have been we have been a little bit bare and and young boys probably been up and around it uh, a little bit maybe before their development um you know they should be just by sheer numbers but um you know you as i said if you're going to get two options you could dilute the squad and go big numbers just for cover or you could go after a bit of quality and and hopefully try and get a little bit of luck in regards to injuries and suspensions mm. So the last time you played Shamrock Rovers it was it went to 90 something minute and it was I don't know. How do you look back on that now as a as even a bit of a lesson for your team? I don't know because it was a it was a very enjoyable game. There was a lot going on. There was a bit of Brian Kerr and Graham Burke having a few yeah. pops. I don't know. I don't know. Do you bring Brian on on, on you know on Friday on a roving role position? And but like like there was a lot of people at the time would, would have taken that view in the aftermath of oh there you go that's why they're champions and you know Pats have to learn from that. But what would your takeaway from that game have been? 
Ah, uh, we made a lot of mistakes in the build up to the goal, um, to the winning goal. My taking from the game was, um, you know, first half I would say Shamrock Rovers were the better team. Second half I thought we were probably the better team. Mm. Um, ultimately, probably you would have said maybe a draw was a fair result. Obviously, which Shamu- is every 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 game you played Rovers has been draw up until then under your yeah. Um, you know, obviously it was really disappointing when you concede so late. Um, but I, I like learnings wise, it wasn't. It's not a game where like one team managed the game better than the other. It was just a passage of play that we could have been a lot better in. Um, but we know we have a lot of things, a lot more, a lot of things to improve on. But they're enjoyable games. I think they're high quality games, and mm. as you said, there there's good intensity about them. And um, you know we're looking forward to Friday. Has Brian, that, that, has, Brian had much, has Brian had much to say to you actually? You see, Brian. Yeah, I've been a great support. Um, yeah. Great support. We send the odd text message and that, and you know it's a. It's not often you get someone so prestigious and have such roles and ex-manager of Ireland that is such a, a die-hard um, fan, you know, and it's great to have. And um, He does be given a bits of instruction on the far side, especially when there was no crowd to uh, John Mountney and now whoever does be over that side. And I said to Alfie, actually, Mountain I, I, think, I, I think he was giving Alfie a bit of instruction. And I said to Alfie, I said, do you know the boy that the man that does be giving you a few instructions and you know during the game and Alfie said yeah I said do you realise he's managed Ireland like he was Ireland manager already to no he was I said he was yeah <laughs> and um, he just so thought like, it was something that was a bit yeah, enthusiastic yeah, exactly. so um, like Alfie didn't if he had no, heard the name Brian he didn't he hadn't heard like the name but, Brian if he had known yeah. Brian Kerr he would have I said, he's oh, young does right? Like he, yeah, times, he was just thought it was a, yeah. a a supporter. Given I said he's managed. Ireland's won two European Championships underage, you know. So they even still like that's brilliant, you know. Yeah. The the game Friday is going to be a cracker, I'd imagine. And um, like in fairness to Rovers, they're coming into the game. They beat Go United. Um, they they beat Slovan Bratislava. They battered Derry in the meantime, despite the fact that all the United Slovan Bratislava, you know. Um, like, yeah. Well, actually, it was two 0 and like oh, Go United r- really rattled them in the second half. Yeah. Um, after Richie Towell got over that awful tackle by Alex Murphy um, when he was on a yellow, but well, anyway, Go United um, FM, you can tune in for the rest of the show. Um, yeah. They 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 are kind of clicking into. Yeah, the they're in good form. As I said, was, they were very good against Bratislava. Um, you know, it's not often. Brandywell's a very hard place to go and Rory has them going well and you know any team that goes 2-0 down up there not many teams have the wherewithal to come back and win the game 4-2 um, so he's um, you know I always think it's a good time you know I haven't been involved with, with teams in Europe I think this is a good time um, for Shamrock Rovers players and that to get ready to they're on the, the sort of week before playing in the, in the European competition that everyone's vying for places to get in that team so um, they'll obviously their confidence will be higher into the next round of the cup. Look, it doesn't really make a difference in regards to us. We know we're going to have to be tip top to get on from the game, but we're enjoying the ride and we're enjoying being there. As I said, no, no, no one really predicted that we'd be up around it. So, well, I, I actually tipped you at the start of the season. Yeah, though. but like, like that, 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 so that means you definitely won't win the league. But um, before before you go, very briefly, Dan has to feed his daughter. How good are these young kids? Dara Burns, I think. Has what has he played the last four? He started the last four or five games. Maybe not the Bray game, but yeah. um, 
some of the quality he's shown. Uh, one of the things that really impressed me was your goal against was a Drogheda that he didn't he, he passed the ball across yeah. like he had the wherewithal to say, well, I'm actually I can score here, but I'll just put in Chris Forrester for a lad of his age. He's also a left left footer on the right. Yeah, like that's something we've been ramming home to all our players' decision making. Um, so Dara, if he had went for it. Maybe 70, 30, 60, 40 he'd score, but obviously squared it, then it's 99.9% exactly. a goal. You Especially know, with that's Chris decision Forster. making in the final <laughs> third. So, um, they're good. Like the boy, the young players are doing very well. But the hard thing, you know, you've seen a lot of lads break on the scene, and the hard thing is, is staying there and, and uh, backing it up week on week. But they do have very good mentalities. And as I said at the start of the show about some people rise to it, I get the impression that a few of our young boys. They actually really enjoy the limelight and really enjoy the big stage. And um, so far, any question we've asked them, they haven't they haven't shirked the issue, you know. Last question, because um, we mentioned this before we started, and it's because we're partially thrown to keep Ward in a minute, because uh, Johnny spoke to keep Ward earlier ahead of the Bowes Doodle Lounge game. If you could have a five-a-side team from all the players you've played with in the, in the League of Ireland they're all lining up in the wall like the schoolyard and it's like you know you've got to pick I go him, 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 him and him give us your five uh, positions out the window but, well, yeah, listen you, you imagine there's a goalkeeper you imagine there's a goalkeeper that's, no, that's there a flykeeper oh, right. flykeeper right, you're, you're that confident in your ability um, no say no current player at St. Pat's I would leave your current Pat's lads out yeah, because no, you, you no. get your they're not good enough there, anyway <laughs> no they won't be uh, there'll be none of that going on um, oh good a lot of good players to play with who would it be I'll give you a blast from the past five five side good Chocks or Kelly oh yeah yeah my god Chocks what a talent are, yeah um, great lad too um, I'm just going to go most skillful yeah. Um, it had helped if were in it as well, just so you can lead. The wee man, wee man's as skillful as any of them, Morty, yeah. Um, Fats. Fats. Little Horgs. Daryl Horgan, yeah. He'd be, be a pest in the five side. He'd be knocking the ball off the cage and then yeah. sort of uh, keeping himself up. Yeah. Not, not, much, not much defending going on here, but. They'd have the ball the whole time. Yeah. This would be the whole. That's the, the best way of defence. So McElhenney, Horgan, Ward. Joxer. Joxer. That's it, a new good team. Is that it? I want Stevie himself. Oh, Jesus. Did you play with Joey and Doe? Was he, did no, you play no, with him? No, no, Yeah, we just crossed, yeah. Um, God, yeah, it'd be a decent side to watch. Train with McCourt. Oh, Paddy yeah. McCourt, that'll count. Yeah. Uh, stick him in your ah, team. Well, There's a five. McCourt skipper. There's a five. And that's a, a five. beautiful way for us to, to end this conversation and uh, go to Keith Ward. It's been great uh, great meeting people, actually, and great doing an interview in, in person again. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Mill, and good luck uh, Friday and then the rest of the season as well, despite being tipped by me at the start. Thanks. Thank you, lads. Cheers. Uh, Keith, how's the season been for you? Obviously, I guess you haven't played maybe as much as you'd like, but uh, you're part of a very good bowl squad. Yeah, look... Um Obviously, like everyone wants to play as much as they can, but now like I've been just kind of doing my bit coming off the bench, trying to help the team. Uh, got a start down on Sunday down in Cork. It was nice to get a run now. A lot of young lads playing. It was great to play with them. You, Do you know? feel old? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Felt old after the game yeah. as well. Um, no, it was it was great to get a game on Sunday, and now um, we came back off the, off a great win in Luxembourg on Thursday, and then you know we changed the eleven. Got a run out, got a good result, everyone got in, a few young lads play, got a goal, so I think we're all bouncing into Thursday now, looking forward to it as a group. 
How have you found the evolution of the team? You've been here, I suppose, longer than most sports players and you've seen players come and go, but um, this season's been pretty promising so far. Yeah, look, um, if I look back at me five years under Keith back at the club, it's kind of been two steps forward, one step back. It always feels like, you know, we're getting somewhere and then we kind of lose players and then we kind of have to start again. But uh, it was kind of like the start of the season. We had a big turnaround of players again. We lost a few and lads come in. It took, it took us maybe 10 games really to find out what we were and how we gelled and that. And since then 10 games, the first 10 games, I think we've, we've showed a lot of quality and the way we've played and the emergence of Rossi and Dawson, obviously, you know, when Georgie's been prolific, um, Tyreek and Brezzo, two left-backs, you've got Rory and Andy. So to be fair to Keith, he always seems to pull it out of the bag with the players. Ali's come in and... Yeah, you know, just like myself, last year I got myself in the team, this year I'm finding myself out with Rossi and that doing well, but look, I'm, I'm like trying to help coming off the bench and, you know, just doing my part whenever I've been called upon, but uh, look, I think we're, we're going very well at the moment, um, a lot of games at the moment, but uh, yeah, it's, look, it's looking good. What's the difference in the way Bowes played this season compared to last season? Um, last season I thought maybe we were quicker to get forward, a bit more direct, you know, to be honest, apart from really... Mickey Duffy and that, I think we had the two best wingers in the league last year, especially. And lost both of them. And lost both of them. Well, we lost our six of our, like if you look at our front players last year, we lost Tordek, Grant, Mandrew, Dini. You know, that's that's 90% probably of our goals last season, you know. Um, but to be fair, Tordek and Grant ripped it up last year. They were just relentless, and Dre had a great season, you know. So uh, this year, we're kind of. It's smaller, I don't know how Keith really yeah. I was calling us the borrowers there for a while. Um, but you know, we're a bit more patient this year and break teams down and that. And I think we've been one of the best teams to watch in the country this year. Some great young players and, you know, the way we've been playing. I think we have an identity this year as well. It took us a few games, to, uh, 10 games, I think, to find it. But I think we found our strengths and I think we know our strengths. And I think we're a really good football inside. I suppose the tough thing for you is when you look back last year and forever, you had a great game yourself, you scored, uh, were pivoting a couple of chances and I guess you'd love to be involved in Europe again 12 months on. Yeah, look, last year, um, I think it was Keith's first, kind of like our first experience as that team since Bowers had been back in Europe and I wouldn't say it was unknown but it was like um, a bit of a free hit and I think we learned a lot last year. Uh, Ferrer, very experienced team, some serious quality internationals. But I think we like coming into Europe this year, the players that were there last year, I think we learned a lot. I think if you ask Keith, he'd say it as well. And as much as I enjoyed last year scoring and playing there, I came away kind of feeling like, what if? You know, and I think this year we brought that in and saying, like, you know, we want to go through a round and you want to test yourself and knock a will wanting more, you know, like that. I don't know if that if I worded that right, but uh, I think we learned a lot last year and it was a great experience. But you don't want to just kind of go there and Sample it, we want to show that we've enough quality to get through rounds this year, and I think we do. What do you, you mentioned Devoy and Tierney, like um, the, the role they've had this season, and Devoy's obviously his pass in Luxembourg. I think um, Keith Ward would have been proud of Yeah, look, um, no, look, I've, uh, I remember Dawson coming in, I remember Rossi coming in. They've only been around us maybe two and a half years now, and look, it was only like when you see players like Dawson come, it's only a matter of time. Uh, why? Why is that? Like, is well, like, did he strike you as something that's maybe a bit different early on, or? Yeah, he's just I don't know. Like, you know, when some players have it, he just has it. Like, he, like I watch him in training, and then when I do something 
God, I feel like it has to be sharp, but he just does a slow motion, and you're just like, how do you do that? Like, so, uh, You've summed up the, uh, the crisis in your life there. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, the only bad thing about Dawson this year is that the fans aren't in watching him mm. play, because, look, when, he's someone I pay in to watch him play, you know? He's just, he's, he's like a, an international player, the way he plays, he plays at his own pace. He, he can run a game, he can calm it down, down. He just he just has it and look, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, you know, like that. He's a great kid, he's brilliant around the place, he's kinda of shy, but he's been coming out of a shell now and he's getting a lot of recognition and look, that's just the way he's been playing, it's down to him. Rossi's a little bit different, he's like um I suppose that it was it was perfectly summed up that like Devoy created the goal but Rossi actually scored the yeah, goal from scrap size. Like, he's a nuisance, like he's just a new he's just in training. You, you think, yeah, he's just around you, he's strong, he's like lively, he's just, he, he, he's, I think I've seen something Chris Shields playing about how hard he was to play against him. He's just a nightmare. He picks up second balls, he's just, and he's a manager's dream, I think, you know, he runs around, gives everything, but he gets in the box, he's timing the runs, second balls, like he's just, he's, 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 he's no, I can't really compare him to anyone in the league yeah. like that. He's, he, he's like, look, like if I explain myself as a 10, I see myself dropping in and trying, where he's just box, getting in second balls, just a nuisance. And look, like the two of them, like, you know, can go on and have great careers if they keep working hard. And they're both local enough kids as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and I think they're on the same team at Kevin's and that. Mm. And, and they're, they're similar but different as well. Rossi would be quite lively around it and loves it. Where Dawson's a bit standoffish, but he cuts you in half with a little line somewhere in between there. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look, they're, they're going well, you know. They're, and it's great, it's great for the club, like especially as the older lads now, as one of the older lads now, they they bring that energy to the team, and you know, like like the young lads now, they're, they're running it at the moment, so it's great, you know, and their fearless kind of attitude where they just come in and take it and destroy it, and don't really think about games and that they just come in and play where I'm overthinking probably everything and wanting to do with that and that just comes with age like your buddy Stephen O'Donnell as well uh, we're having him on the podcast this week and uh, bringing in a lot of young players at Pats as well yeah look and I think so as well like you know you don't want to hamper like key over the years and I'm thinking that we need a bit more experience and that but like these young lads just come in and, and they show and you have to give them a chance and the league's been great for that I think yeah, this season yeah absolutely and like look I, I was young once as well like, you were you yeah, yeah. yeah a long time ago <laughs> no I, look I, I think some of the young lads coming through the league now as well have been brilliant and Pats have showed that I think uh, this year they've kind of gone for more quality over quantity maybe 14, 15 and then young lads coming through and I think it's important, it's something I noticed as well, um, two, three years ago, we kind of had a bit more of an experienced squad here, but you need the young lads around the group, you know, like that, they're brilliant for the dressing room, just, but man, for everything, just seeing them come in and do well, it just it unites the group a lot better, having young lads around the place, and something I think is very important in a team, and I think that's why we're doing so well with the young lads here as well. And just finally on the two lads, obviously, like Devoy will be linked with the move away, but um, maybe you'll give the, an obvious answer here, but like, would it be better for him to maybe like stick around in Ireland for a bit longer, because he's so young, and Tierney as well, who'll probably be linked with the move at, in some stage. Yeah, look, um, 19 still a young age to go away. I always, look, I've never played abroad or anything like that. I don't know a lot on the subject, but if I was just to speak in from experience of playing players who have gone away I look at Danny Grant like he, he, it's a good age to go away at 21 22 mm. you're not around them reserve teams and 20s you want to go over and be playing and I look at if Dawson or Ross went over they, like if you're playing 20s football and that like they're learning much more out here and playing in 
big games and important games where they matter. So I think another year here it could be definitely stand something like that. You want to go away with as much games and as much experience as you can and ready to go into senior football where like if, he, if he's playing here week in, week out and then he goes to a team and you're playing 20s, I just don't think that's a step up. Mm. But uh, look, that's down, down to them and what they want. But uh, look, I hope they stay around longer because I enjoy playing with them. Just yourself as well, finally, the, um, the prospect of playing the Viva Stadium maybe you know on Thursday or in maybe a cup final this year, like it's probably a stage that you're kind of made for in some respects as well. Yeah, look, I've, I think you know, me and Tetsa were talking about it the other day. Um, actually, in the Aviva two weeks ago, I think I've lost four or five semi-finals to mm. get the Aviva. I think Tetsa's lost seven. So I've waited 30, year, 30 years to get to play in the Aviva, you know, it's something I've taught, it's every year you get a bit older, you kind of worry that it mightn't happen because it's a great day out and that, and look, it never happened to someone like Detzer who's had an unbelievable career and that, and then you look at a 16-year-old Jamie Mullins coming on and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, like, as in, and it's brilliant because he's a brilliant player. They were asked about him, actually, the goal yeah, against Longford. Yeah, like, he is, it's funny because, like, I'm like, authority now and you kind of have Dawson, Rossi and Jamie and I kind of be and you try to help them and I'm like I'm watching them and saying can I do what they do it's mm. not the other way around because they're so talented he is like 16 like it's kind of scary like yeah a little bit because I'm I, I, I room with him in Iceland I room with him in Luxembourg and I'm like and he's such a nice kid down to earth loves his football and that and I'm just like I was saying I was like chatting to him probably born in the years often but I was like if he retires at 36 I'll be 51 like, I'll be 51 with kids yeah you know, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> divorce types you know what I mean like it's just mad when you think it like I was I think I was he was four when I made my debut and all it's just I mean, the goal against Longford is a bit like I don't know that kind of close control to get yeah, away from it's, it's it's how he receives the ball I was like I wish I could do that because the ball played into me it's like I go for that with my right foot, but he lets it roll across and his left and he's away and I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. And then he jinxes it. Maybe one day you will. <laughs> yeah, over 30 points. <laughs> but uh, I just, it's, it's not even how good they are, it's how nice they are as kids and how good they are around the place and it's good to see. And I look delighted for them because they are they, they, they're great to be around and see how talented they are and work with them. Dan was saying last week like the cup semi-finals could be brought to Viva Stadium to bring a bigger crowd if there are restrictions which sounds like something you'd be a fan of yeah like look if it means we can get a big crowd there if the crowds are back absolutely because I was chatting to the lads there obviously we got 6,000 sold out in an hour and then we got 8,000 I'd love to know what we could get there yeah. you know like that and look like it's a short career and that and you want to play in as many big games and as many finances as you want so we're kind of as much as I can't wait to play on Thursday, hopefully come on and play in front of 8,000. In the back of my head, I'm wondering, I wish it could be more, because it could be Well, more. if it were both rovers this season, like, you could literally sell out the Aviva Yeah, stadium. I think so yeah. as well. That's what I mean, so it's disappointing. We can't, but maybe, you know, in, in, in six months' time, who knows, or five months' time, where we could be at. But uh, definitely, I think the buzz is back with the league, especially with balls. Like, I know I can't speak for other clubs, but I think this club is it's, it's, it's mad at the moment how much demand, even just as players, demand for tickets, people peppering your phone and I just, I, I think it's a great thing, I don't, whatever balls are doing at the moment behind the scenes and Dan obviously does unbelievable things, it's working, I, th- I do think it's, it's going in a great direction on and off the pitch. You do have to kind of um, question yourself Dan, when you're, you, you go to one of these things, you chat to Keith Ward, you think back on how well he played last year for both in Europe and he's had such a little role this season because they've been playing so well without him yeah I mean it's 
it's interesting, isn't it, that you know, so someone like Joseph and Doe will sort of idolise the, uh, you know, the 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 skill of Keith Ward, but yet, Bowes have a lot of players coming through with not quite like this. I know he can play in different positions, and you know, he's not just a one trick pony, but they do have a lot of players who come through in his in his broad position in his rough position, and also they found a way of playing that they have a good balance. And he mentioned it there, even just talking about what Devoy can do and what Tierney can do. Um, it was interesting earlier. I was I was I was on Greek radio uh, this yeah. afternoon. Um, because some guy from, financial some, crisis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then talk about League of Ireland eventually. But it was a Pauk enthusiast. He might come on our show next week. Um, if if this is really cool, through. I'd love to go to that game. So well, I don't know. Yeah, so they wanted to know about bows, you know, and trying to explain well. Now, if they get through, because I still think, you know, do the lunch, you know. This could have been like a father Ted moment him. where he's looking at, he's because well, you were number one on our list of Irish journalists contacting, he's like number 13. I wonder, maybe you were number one. Oh, it's high enough up there. Yeah. No, I was actually referred, I think you got in touch with, uh, with off the ball. But anyway. Right. Um, yeah, but like, the, the, like you're trying to explain how Bowes have really found this good way of playing, this this good setup that they have and this comfort. But it is mad in a way, yeah, that someone like Keith, Keith Ward... Um, he just has just been has been pushed out of it a small bit, but he's that's out of contract in the season. So I I know he's stayed at Bowls before, but I would get the impression like if it's he's going to be in demand because he's a very good player. He's still, and he's still not he's not old thirty. For all, like for all he's talking about, yeah. you know, being fifty one with a couple of divorces under his belt. Yeah, uh, he's still got a couple. We of years will resume the podcast in twenty years. See how that worked out. But anyway. We will. So we 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 actually have just had the FBI Cup draw there, and um, while while we were in the intermission there, so. Uh, Stephen O'Donnell headed off before he could um he could hear about the Cork City v St Pat's draw, which at another time would be the tie of the round, I think. And actually, I did we, say when Bowles came out, I said they're going to get Rovers. You did. I actually thought obviously I assumed you were watching it on uh, like Twitter or something ahead of me, and you yeah. cheated. But actually, that was you actually didn't. Have, I, I didn't. I predicted. I said to you there's going to be one big game. Um, but like in fairness, there may not have been. As it turns out, anyway, like nearly all the big clubs were there. The cup final that I was talking about, Bowes and Rovers, is not going to happen. But they are going to play each other. Well, listen, yeah. So let's let's stick with our point initially because we should talk about Cork briefly before we move on to the. This draw. was a bonkers result. Yeah, it was, and I mean, because you saw you see St Pat's beating Bray six 0 and you're like, well, there you go. There's the difference between the divisions. Rovers were comfortable. Shamrock Rovers comfortable against Galway. There you go. There's the difference between the divisions, and yeah, it's like a Rovers. Um, losing a home to Cork, who are not a form first division side, and listen, we I I'm pretty sure I think we had Shane Smullen uh, sending us a tweet after. I think we sort of said, listen, at another time. Uh, oh, I think I think Shane's point was, well, maybe Ruby Walsh knew his stuff when he did the draw. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sligo Rovers yeah. Cork is the big one, but really, it's a that's a failure for Sligo Rovers. Well, they've had so, an awful two weeks. They well, like, listen, in, in many respects. It just goes, we talk about European results and stuff and what it says about the league and all this. It's like Rovers have just hit a bit of bad form at the, at the wrong time. time. At the, they, they should have beaten FH, I'm convinced of it. And even the fact that they have now gone and lost to Cork City afterwards, it just doubles up my view either more. And I think obviously people, there's a, there's a big European battle going on here. And I think beyond the title race, and as much as this, if they win their games, game in hand, like they're, they're right back in it. But I think there's no doubt that say Bows who are below them, and even Dundalk who play them um, at the weekend might suddenly think, well, if they're going to get into the top uh, four or three, we'll talk about the cup draw in a second and the implications of that, are Sligo Rovers a team you'll be targeting? Now, listen, they've fed off being underestimated all season, mm. but they've given people encouragement now. Um, and there's a, I think they've been a bit rocked by those results. So 
you know, it's a bit of a weird one because they got back to level the other day and then they conceded right afterwards. Yeah. There's no doubt, listen, losing McGinty at the time they did and then Matten was back, then he's injured and there's been issues, but again, they probably should have reacted to it a bit better. The, and the, that's the, the problem for them. Derry Boss Rory Higgins has gotten like two really tough draws. They got Drogheda away and now they've gotten Harps away. But there was an awful lot of controversy about that Drogheda game. And I, I don't know how Drogheda managed it, but like with 10 men, they nearly held out. With nine men, they actually held out to get the penalties. And you know you think like they're they're kind of like if there's any moral to this story, Drogheda should win the penalty shootout because the James Brown red card was hugely controversial. Yeah, and and, and I know Drogheda were seething after it, but Derry advanced. And no water breaks as well was a yeah. point that was raised. I mean, it was a mad weekend in some respects. Like as in some teams, you know, cruise through comfortably enough. The four on the four all, you know, non-league junior ties produce you know produce winners. You know, and there was mm. stories within them. And they'll probably get a bit more exposure. Some of those clubs in the round of sixteen, um. But really, like there was two mad cup ties. There was Athlone and Waterford, uh, and there was Drada against Derry. And there is a team running through them of refereeing decisions. And I don't like talking about referee people analysing refereeing decisions to death can be very boring. Absolutely. You know, well, what was it? This, but but there's been a lot of controversial refereeing decision decisions this season. And even around that draw to Derry game, the theme of like diving or penalties and you know, even with, well, Paul McLaughlin as a previous guest in the show, I think Kevin Doherty, you hear him absolutely raging on Saturday because mm. they had the Sean Gannon uh, one in, ta- in Tala. Yeah. And now they've now there has been a, a strong stance taken against diving against mm. it seems like an innocent man. Mm. You know, in this case, in in the case of uh, in the case of James Brown here. Did you see it? Um, I did. Yeah, it wasn't, great, it wasn't a great angle, but no, it, to it, me, it, it doesn't look like no, it didn't. And and listen, you're going off other people's opinions, and it's just it was just the fact that, like the fact that it was uh, insult added to injury, but the fact that it was another penalty for Derry. Mm. You know that there was a, that everything went against you. Draw the think they're getting a penalty, but instead they get a red card. Like that's yeah, a massive swing in any game. Yeah, you know? yeah. And listen, it's it's obviously a rule that. Like you know, I think you want to see a, a stronger stance on sort of simulation and stuff. But, but you got to be sure. You want to be sure because well, for example, in the Dundalk Lavadia game, um, you, there was a couple of shouts for a penalty in that. But I think it was a patching in one case. Mm. The point is, but if it's not a penalty, it should really be a dive. But the referee's but, entitled to not be sure. Well, that's it. I think that that's the thing. I think for a referee to be certain that a dive has occurred, they want to be. Yeah. really certain and and it's like, a brave call like it's possible like it's possible for someone to go down in the box and it's not a penalty mm. but it's not a dive absolutely and it's it's a matter of judging you know mm. well did his momentum take him down it's not always like that black and white and I mean I, I can understand I mean Drada must be absolutely sick because there was a tough tie they poured everything into it but also and, and as well as that Bows or Rovers are going to be gone from the last eight so if Drada had won They'd fancy themselves of beating Finn Harps. And if Drogheda in the last day with no Shamrock Rovers potentially, Drogheda think we could actually win this tournament. So well, would I mean this I'm gonna be getting would Derry and Drogheda have been in the same spot on the draw because of their letter alphabetically? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite would have fancied that they could have had a good run this year. No, they would have. They would have fancied it. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Finn Harps against Derry, the other games I should mention for people probably aware of them at the time of the but Waterford against Kildamana. Kildamana has quite a few ex League of Ireland players involved with them. Uh, Dundalk against St. Moctas again Michael Daly Extrada scored for uh, for Moctas at the weekend and they're, they're actually a top side in their own sphere Gareth McCaffrey who'd been playing up north Finn Harps Derry again if, if it wasn't for the Bowes Rovers draw we'd be talking about mm. Finn Harps Derry because that is a great tie um, again you know I wonder what sort of crowds would be permitted for that the things are being pushed up it is a month away yeah some crowds but some grounds 
the government allows them a certain capacity, but then they're, they're, they're how they comply with social distancing limits it. So they might get yeah. permission to have a thousand, but then the ground is, is not equipped for it under the distancing. But Bows and Rovers. So we're talking about Maynooth against Cove, sorry. Yeah. Cork Pats, as mentioned, UCD v Longford, Kilester against Wexford, uh, and then, yeah, listen. Bohemians against Shamrock it's, it's, it's a standout. It's time. a big deal that game, and if that game is played under something of the guise of the current restrictions, that's very unfair on Bose fans to miss a game like that who won't be able to go. Because say if they sold eight thousand tickets in an hour and a half or whatever against Doodalange in a conference league game, Shamrock Rovers in the cup is a big, big deal. And like if that were in the Viva Stadium, it would sell what it would sell the maximum tickets, no problem in my view. Because people want to go. And yeah. obviously it wouldn't be 50, 52,000 or whatever. It'd be like Did you say with Keith Ward that Bose Rovers final would sell out the Aviva? Yeah. I, I don't think that would be the case. I don't, I mean, I'd love I'd love to be... I don't want to be negative about it. I, think it'd be, I might be wrong now. We have a way I, to go. But yeah. I, I certainly think... Listen, 8,000 for that game. But I, listen, I'm on about bringing the semi-finals to the Aviva. Yeah. I'm not so sure about, say, bringing around a 16 tie there at, you know, at short enough notice. Um, I listen. I, I'd love it because it'd be a great event to go to. But it would obviously have to be Bose would have to retain some kind of home yeah. advantage. And listen, they've beaten Shamrock. It's one thing playing the European game in in Tala, or sorry, a European game in the Aviva, you know, and and you're you're feeding off it. But it's another playing, you know. Well, you're Ro- seeding home advantage. Rovers Ro- exactly. Yeah. Rovers could be elevated by going to the Aviva. They're very mm. comfortable from playing there the last couple of cup finals, um, and you know, Bose have beaten Rovers in Daily Mount in recent memory. The two the two home games this season have gone for home wins. So do you really want to be removing that? Like the bigger well, hopefully prize, Bowes will be unbeaten yeah, yeah, in the Viva Stadium. Be, it, well, yeah, listen, there could be building home. some momentum. But listen, the bigger prize for Bowes here is they might need, they might need to win the cup to get into Europe this year. Yeah, you know, like it's it's it's, it's possible. Balance and acts, yeah. it's not, and also they might just want to win the cup for their own interest. Mm. And I know some Bowes fans I know have had a big thing about not getting to the Viva and. I wonder has getting the European games as it softened the blow of a draw, which could potentially knock them out. Like I think that would have been a great final, Bowes mm. Rovers. I certainly would have been. Mm. But listen, it's gone now, and the draw really opens up for probably for Dundalk even. You know, for Pats as you mentioned, um, the winner of Harps Derry because and Dundalk are likely in the last days after playing two non-league teams. Uh, well, it's a bit harsh and Treaty United. Sorry, I mean, sorry, sorry. A first division team and a non-league team. And by the way, Treaty pushed them all the way. Um, yeah. They've they've Treaty under. Um, under Tommy Barrett, Barrett. Have been, like they've, 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 they have actually not lost to Shells this season which is very uh, laudable and then pushed Dundalk into extra time McElhenney had to rescue them yeah. so that was, but anyway the point is that they, you know, they've gotten a nice draw again now four star pizza question before we forget and the danger we might forget because we're just chatting here all over the shop in a while. Um, so it's to do with our previous guest uh, and as usual you can send us at LOI Central Pod your answer how many league Premier Division league winning medals or doesn't have any first division ones but uh, how many League of Ireland Premier Division medals did Stephen O'Donnell win as a player so uh, you can send us your answers to that question decent question places. Um, fixtures for the weekend high up the list weekend fixtures well we really like we've got Bo's doodle lunch tomorrow um, I say tomorrow because we're actually talking on Tuesday here but mm. It's tomorrow by the time a lot of people hear this. Looking tomorrow, forward to that. That's going to be in the Aviva quarter to eight. And at half five, we've got Levadia Talon against Dundalk, which we haven't really spoken about that. I mean, the first leg game last week was a bit nuts, as I mentioned. The, the Zahibo stick was a bit like, it was very hard not to be drawn to that. Maybe that's just a journalist looking for a story. But I mean, it was no, very striking to see a player getting barracked. Now, listen, there's two sides to that. Mm. I wrote about it in my newsletter last week. 
Um, I do think that for a lot of the dog people are disillusioned with the way the club is going. They haven't had a chance to vent anywhere. And I think I don't I don't like though. He's he's a guy from like who's come from what's he from the Central African Republic or whatever. Yeah. He doesn't know this country. Um he probably considered it a step down, whatever money he's on from his previous obviously career heights. And that's very, very hard to to take from your own fans. No, I think on a human level it's difficult. I would have found it hard to watch. Other people would say Listen, he's he's earning very good yeah. money. He's had a, a quarantine stay, like like you know there was a, a couple of quarantine stays. You know, I think he ended up I think in Paris. I think his movements and social media have been followed by people. So mm. and, and like his performance was very ponderous. Um, but but ultimately, like it comes back to the fact that he was signed. Uh, without, he's not a defensive midfielder. He's, he's, like he's if, if he's Chris Shields replacement, he's not but that player. It's not, but it's not even that. Like he's miles off it at the moment. Like he has mm. played at a very good level. Like Valencia mm. t- t- saw fit to play him. Mm. I do think he does play in that position generally, but might might just operate in a different way. Mm. And you know, he played in the MLS, had a very was on the MLS All Star, mm. a very good player. But he had no preseason coming to Ireland, mm. and he's been he's been like they didn't or didn't either didn't know or weren't on top of how much time he was going to miss. It's great signing an international player for your brand, but the rules for the league are that you can't call off for postponements only for Republic yeah. of Ireland Northern Ireland players. Now, either they weren't aware of that or they just thought they could get through it, but they have the situation where Djokovskis, Natastad, and in particular Zahibo going to red list countries have not been available yeah. for long periods of time. So even if Zahibo come in now and suddenly found his form, now he was dropped on Sunday, and I mean, like, it's hard to argue with that decision. But even if let's just say he built up fitness and momentum for four or five weeks, in September he's going away again. Mm. Um, I think actually he's due to play Roberto Lopez in an international game later this year wow. in Cape Verde play CAF. But the whole point is that even if he gets a run of fixtures going, he's going to be gone. Yeah. Then. So it was a mad signing. As far as I know, they were uh, they would have been open to offers for him. You know, if they had come his way, if they had come his way. Uh, in in the summer window, but I mean he's on a very big wage, and um that's this people don't Vinnie Parton people don't accept that there's been criticism that probably is built around that, but that is a fact. That is what people are talking about. I other managers, players in the league, players in his own dressing room will be looking at that. That's like, absolutely like, like you know Jack Byrne and Richie Tao. Mm. I meant this point. Like there's there's players in this league, like you know Michael Duffy. You know there'll be players in this league that are on very good deals, but because they keep delivering, no one talks about exactly. it. Exactly. If you're not delivering, exactly. it's more of a problem. The Rocket Valley was a mad game. Um, I just have a slight. I'm a slight bit wary of their prospects of going through, and the reason is, although I think they're very capable of beating Lavadia. And and I I get the sense there's a degree of confidence, and it's not to do with the 120 minutes at the weekend for some of them. I just thought Lavadia, like I, I thought the dog didn't hurt them enough on dead ball. Lavadia are not a bad side. Lavadia in the second half yeah. were happy to like to give away fouls and corners, but they defended them well. Mm. And I just think as much as the dog, it was brilliant that they went behind and responded straight away twice. I think over there, if they fall behind and they're still not defensively sound. Levadia are winning a lot of games and I think they could manage it so I think that, that that's that's definitely a slight concern for mm. them I would think uh, but we, we can pour it over because we could have a very exciting week next week if if they all manage to get through I'd be slightly wary of Bowes because I think they just cannot be anyway complacent like these lads should play better they have a game under their belts they're obviously like they have a bit of pedigree. Um, I think they were confident themselves after the game that they can still overturn Bowes by all accounts. So yeah, but just think, be a little bit wary of that. I think so, but I think I think Bowes can probably play better too, albeit I mean a lot of us just watched that on the same dodgy uh yeah. chippy stream. So I'm not sure if that was a gave us a great angle of, of proceedings. But listen, that's 
that's you know those games on Monday it's Sligo Rovers and Dalk and Finn Harps against Bowes on, on Monday they could be affected by whether either of the teams yeah. get through we do have draw to Waterford on Friday don't know how many people are going to be suspended for that millions of people are going to be suspended for that with Waterford like, we didn't really mention too much about the amazing Glenn McCauley goal but also Mark Bertram got sent off you had Anthony Wordsworth got sent off you have Greg Halford coming in out of nowhere out of Premier League years yeah, uh, yeah. to score in the 96th minute uh, on his debut um, and then like you know, I was Mark Bertram was on Talk Sport yesterday speaking about that to like an English audience cool. to explain it so that's obviously uh, Draw to Waterford on Friday and then we have Shamrock Rovers Pats which we referenced with Stevie and Longford Town against Derry on Saturday and then I'll get us our first division fixture yeah. as well so the yeah so the it is. It's gonna. It's gonna be interesting. Cavan TD Gray. We have the N Eleven Derby, isn't it? Indeed. In Cork City. Interesting to see if they can build off. Um, you know, bring some league form from that cup shock. Then we have Athlone Town against Treaty. We should mention Cork are playing UCD. Cork UCD who had yeah. a fantastic result against Shells. And Shells, you know, a really good um, result for them. And you see, against Longford, they'll probably fancy that as well at home. Bit of a playoff rematch. You know, Athlone Treaty, Shells against Cove, uh, and Wexford against Galway on Friday that, that, so that's our loss that is our loss yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed the fact that we're obviously back together again um, and thanks very much to futureticketing.ie uh, our sponsor as ever thanks to Stevie O'Donnell for calling over to Dan's gaff and thanks for, to Keith Ward for being Keith Ward